Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Nick Roush, as always, in Louisville. And, uh, Nick, we have a special guest with us, uh, Andy Murray, former UK fullback, led the SEC in knockdown blocks. Uh, just what you think about when, you, when, when you're imagining a Jerry Claiborne fullback, uh, a Trinity guy. So uh, I'm sure he'll have something to say about the Kroger KSR game in the week. Andy, thanks for joining us. How you doing, big fella? Man, I'm doing awesome. I'm uh, glad to be back on the podcast. Yeah, Thanks we're glad for, to have uh, you back. Football, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's that time. We got games tonight. There's a bunch of them. Uh, so, uh, I know Tennessee plays Bowling Green. And then Ohio State, Minnesota. So, th- there's some good games tonight. So, it should Tennessee be fun. The Tennessee Bowling Green game is just the ugliest color game in the history of uh, – you're lucky you're colorblind, <laughs> Freddie, because it's, it's going to be horrendous <laughs> to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, two two shades uh, of really bad orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, guys, we we got a lot to cover, so I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, Nick, Andy, we're going to do some over and unders uh, for Saturday's game against the uh, the Fighting Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe. But Andy, they uh, I know you're not media. They don't like to be called Louisiana Monroe. They, they prefer to be called ULM. So out of respect to the Bowden family, because Terry Bowden's their head coach, we'll call them ULM. How about that? Works for me. All right. Nick, you ready? Let's do it. All right. Over or under, Kentucky will score 50 points on Saturday. Nick Roush. Man, 50, uh, 40, I would have hammered the over. 50 is a little tough just because, I mean, I think Kentucky's only scored 50, more than 50 twice in the Stoops era one of which was that 60-point game against New Mexico State, and then I think they had 56 in the UT Martin game. But yeah, no, no, 56. I take it back. They hung 50 on Louisville. Yeah. No. 56 to 10 against Louisville and 50 to 7 against uh, Tennessee Martin. Yeah. I, I could see him getting to 52, right? Because that's seven touchdowns and a field goal. You get Ruffalo out there. Get to 30. Yeah. For, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go with the over. We're, we're rolling out the Will Levis, Liam Cohen era in style. Andy, I'm going to go under because uh, Stoops has a lot of respect for Terry Bowden, and he's not going to show much. And I think we're going to run for about 350, just run I'm down gonna, there. Right. I'm going to go over here because I think Kentucky's running backs are so good, deep, wide, depth wise, the third and fourth and fifth running back. I think they're going to accidentally score a couple of touchdowns late. I'm going to go over 50 points. All right, here we go. The accidental touchdowns is big, Freddie, because we've seen yeah. that with some of these running backs. We're like, yeah. we're just supposed to run out the clock and then 40 yards down the sideline, they go making a big play. We've all screamed that Kentucky needs to become more explosive on offense. Last year, uh, only uh, averaged 10 play or 13 plays from scrimmage that exceeded 10 yards or more. Or I'm sorry, a, a 10 uh, uh, get plays that exceeded 10 yards. Over or young under, Kentucky goes over 13 scrimmage plays of 10-plus yards against ULM. Last year, averaged 10 plays of 10-plus yards. Will Kentucky have 13 or more on Saturday? Nick Roush. 
Wandell Robinson, I think he averages that much when he catches passes going across the middle. So if he just does three or four, you figure Chris Rodriguez is going to have three or four. I, I think it's got to be the over. And and that is I don't, am I am I sounding too bullish? I don't know. I don't I don't think I am because I, I think that's very doable when you yeah, it just takes a couple of these to stack up to to get to that point. So yes, I'm taking the over. Andy, 13 scrimmage plays and 10 plus yards on Saturday. Over or under. I, I think I think the over for sure, just because the line of scrimmage is it's not even going to be fair. The line of scrimmage is going to be just dominant. So and when you don't get touched yeah. until you're five yards downfield, it's pretty easy yeah. to get five more, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to hammer this over. I, I think Kentucky exceeds 13 plays and 10 plus yards by quite a bit, to be quite honest, honest with you. Uh, can, will our uh, number of points that Louisiana Monroe, I'm sorry, ULM will score 20 or points on Saturday or more. Are you taking the over under, Andy? I'm going to take the under. Um, I, I just think our defense is, man, I, I just think they're going to be stout. You know, they, uh, the front, the DBs, I, I don't know what Rich Rodriguez is going to have. Um, I think he was kind of a, a run-based offense, wasn't he, in the past? Yeah, and option, go fast. To to top on you every once in a while. I'd say definitely the under. I think they're going to struggle big time. Nick, Tucky 20 on. points. Kentucky only has one non-senior in the starting lineup on defense. That's Carrington Valentine. I can't see this defense. Yeah, you're going to have some moments late where you, you know, you've got some underclassmen in. They'll give up some drives, maybe a score or two. But, uh, man, I I'm, I, I would – I think the number here would be 10. 10 the one. I, I think they can get 10 points, but I can't see them getting more than 10. So, I'm going to say yeah, – I'm going to go under 20 points for ULM based on what you said, Nick, experience. At any given time, there's going to be nine-plus seniors on the defense for the Cats. I think that overwhelms uh, ULM and also depth. I mean, there's quality depth across the line. So twos and threes for this Kentucky defense is going to be pretty daggone good. So I'm taking the under. Will Kentucky throw for 300 yards on Saturday over or under Nick Roush? I'm taking the under here. Uh, they're going to score some touchdowns. They're going to throw the ball around, uh, but it starts up front. And uh, I, I, I would maybe be more bullish on passing touchdowns and passing yards because even though they're going to get some yards after the catch, I, I don't think it's going to equal up to 300 or so. Um, because even once Bo Allen gets in, they might let him throw it a couple times, but it ain't going to be a lot. So I, I'm, I'm going under 300 passing yards. Andy, 300 yards, over, under? Uh, definitely under. I just – We've watched Stoops for too long. He's not going to show anybody anything. And, and you know, we're going to break some five-yard outs for 25 and 30 yards, but mm -hmm. he's not going to throw it over the top of them. He's not going to throw it in the middle of the field and show them much. Because I think this offense, just from what I saw in a scrimmage, I, I just think it's got so many weapons and so many different ways to attack you. They're not going to show anything. Yeah, I'm going to go under here too. Uh, early on in the week, I thought over. But the more – the closer we get to game time, the, the less I think Kentucky's going to show. I'm going to take the under. All right, Andy Murray, you blocked for, what, six tailbacks that played in the NFL. You got drafted by Houston Oilers. Chris Rodriguez, 120 yards against the Fighting Warhawks. Over or under? Over. Ooh. By a lot. 
he's going to have two runs of 40 plus. He's yeah. just a monster. The kid's, uh, he runs angry. Um, he, he sees the field well. And that offensive line is just, they're going to get so much push, man. It's going to be, he's going to be off there. And, and I don't think they'll play him a ton um, just to keep him healthy, but he's going to, he's going to maul these guys. I don't think there's any doubt. Andy, I'm going to stick with you on this. You block, you know, with, with Jerry Clayman's offense, the fullback was the primary blocker, lead blocker, and you had so many quality running backs behind you, Mark Higgs, Mark Logan, Ivy Joe Hunter, Al Baker, Al Rawls. I mean, you can go on and on. Who does Rodriguez remind you of, if any, uh, running backs that you played with at Kentucky? I would think physically Ivy Joe Hunter just because – I haven't been up next to the kid a lot, but he's just a physical specimen. I mean, Mark Higgs was – he was big in his own way. I mean, his legs were all of his body. Um, yeah. But his stride was so long. And then Al Baker was a big kid, but Al, Al was a straight up and down runner. This kid's got some hips and he's got some power and you're not going to harm tackling. So I, I think he's kind of a unique – to what we're used to. I didn't play with George Adams, but George was that big physical guy, but I don't think he could, I don't think he had the hips that this kid, I mean, this kid moves and cuts like Benny, but the power and speed is just insane. I, I think the kid's a monster. I just hope he stays healthy. I, that's my big wish because if he's healthy and we throw the ball a little bit, I think it's going to be a lot of fun this year. Nick Roush over or under 120 yards for Chris Rodriguez Jr. In order to have a big year, you got to get off to a good start. So uh, this sounds like this feels like a one hundred and forty-six yard game for Rodriguez. Nice little start, not nothing too crazy. Um, but there, I, I man, I think in total, if Kentucky can get three fifty, you know. Yeah. All right, Andy, I'm gonna start with you on this. The Big Blue Nation every year clamors for the tight ends to get more catches. Last year averaged right around four four receptions per game. Over or under, the Kentucky tight ends will have seven receptions on Saturday. Um, I think it'll be under just because, as I've said, I don't think they want to show a whole lot. I don't think they're going to let people see what a talent this coming skit is and – you know, everybody's talking about rigs and baits, and I just I, I think Stoops will kind of keep them in the in the box for another week, um, and everybody's going to be upset that we're not throwing to the tight end. <laughs> but I just there's there's so much they can do with those kids that are going to be a problem for people that I just don't think we'll see much of it because <clears throat> they got they got to win Missouri. Now, I don't want to get ahead of us, but they got to beat Missouri. Yeah, no, I'm getting yeah, I'm getting ahead. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I've been ahead all week, man. This is. This is a check-the-box and, and advance kind of game for me. Uh, Nick, seven catches or more, more or less for the tight ends against the Warhawks. I think throughout the season, seven, it's going to be right around there a lot of the time. But like Andy said, this is uh, – we'll probably see a little more. Like, we're going to get just enough shining lures to make the fans happy, as you like to call them, Freddie. Like, there's going to be just enough to make us happy. But I think the tight ends is the one thing that they would like to – keep under wraps maybe more than any other um just because they can do so much in the passing game they're still gonna do your, your 12 personnel and stuff like that but i, I i'm gonna say under for this game though you'll get five or six but um 
you know, maybe may probably get a red zone touchdown score as well. But uh, seven, seven seems like a lot for week one. I'm going to go over here. And, and, and again, I'm going to point to late in the game. If, if there are pass plays late in the game, it's going to be a lot of boot action, play action, you know, kind of passes. Tight ends are easy to find. Uh, you know, I think uh, uh, Jordan Dingle will get involved. Isaiah Cummings will get involved. I'm going to go over seven here. Uh, and, and not because it's intended, but because the tight ends will be a natural progression in the tree of any given pass play that Kentucky will run on Saturday. I'm going to go over. Last year, Kentucky, uh, the turnover margin was plus 10, led the, led the SEC in, in interceptions with 16, recovered two fumbles. So Kentucky was a turnover machine last year defensively. Nick Roush, over under Kentucky forces two turnovers against ULM. Over, yeah. It, I, I know some of it's luck. But this is a, a ULM team that has a bajillion new players, new transfers, the type of style they play too with the read option stuff. I know Rich Rod's kid, Rhett, has been here, done that before. Like he knows this, but not all of them do. There's going to be some sort of fumbled exchange handoff. There's going to be some dumb, sloppy week one turnovers, and Kentucky's going to take advantage of it. Andy Murray. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I, just with that veteran defense, and um, if they do try to throw the ball at all, we're going to hawk them. Um, and I think I think we're going to have pass pressure this year that we haven't had. Uh, just from what I've read about Pascal and uh, what he's doing, and a couple of those other young kids, and McCall's going to be tough. They're not going to be able to block McCall, so the kid's going to throw a couple up for grabs, and then I think our that run game's going to produce a couple of turnovers too. Yeah, I'm so going I, over. I think, I think we have a big turnover weekend, actually. Okay, I, I'm going over, too, as well. Uh, Kentucky last year, if we stick to trim, was was a high producer of turnovers. Uh, and I'm going to point to that back level, Andy, that I think is so good for Kentucky, the safety and nickel positions. Devontae Robinson, Yusuf Corker, and Ty Asian, uh, all seniors, all played a lot of football. Yusuf Corker, an all-SEC performer. I do agree that Rhett Rodriguez will throw some up. Uh, just out of desperation, just to try to get anything going. I think ULM will get behind the chains and have some desperation third down plays. And then with with nothing to lose, may go for it on some fourth down. I can see a high turnover game for the Cats. Uh, you know what's uh, not easy to turn over, Nick Roush? What's that? Is hydrating with sword performance. You got to stay hydrated with sword performance, especially. I mean, Freddie, we got 16 football games Thursday night, eight on Friday, a full slate Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. You've, yeah. you've got to stay hydrated. Start hydrating now to get you through this entire weekend with sword performance. Well, I mean, what you can't see on this podcast is Andy Murray is at his warehouse. Uh, Murray, Murray Promotions is, is the go-to place as far as all things promotional items for your for your company. Or for your person, I just made a personal uh, purchase from Andy. So, Andy, you need life is thirsty work, man, especially in that warehouse you're in. But water and traditional sports drinks just don't cut it. Graded in Kentucky, Sword Performance offers Shield, a brand new innovation in the sports drink world. With bold fruit flavors, balanced electrolytes, and natural ingredients, Shield hydrates better, faster than water and quenches your thirst for anyone at any time. So, Andy Murray, in your warehouse right now, I see you sweating back there, big guy. Go ahead, be relentless. Shield always has you covered. Hydrate now with a bottle of Shield, available at your local Kentucky convenience stores. Learn more at drinksword.com. 
So there we go. Andy Murray, stay hydrated, man. It, it's not as hot as it, it has been, but it's hot. It All is right. hot. Gentlemen, our next topic. Will Levis expectations, the realistic expectations from Will Levis, a starting quarterback. I got this topic in mind, fellas, as I was driving to uh, Kroger last night. Um, and I heard a radio, I was listening to a radio show and I, I couldn't make out who it was talking, uh, but they were comparing Will Levis to John Elway and Brett Favre. Do we have an unrealistic expectation from Will Levis? I mean, is, is, is it just gone uh, overboard of what, what we're expecting from the Penn State transfer that, uh, you know, he's going to play at this level that, you know, listen to the radio last night, already comparing him to John Elway and Brett Favre. Nick Roush, I mean, that, that's, a little, that's a little much in my books. Well, I think some of it is we're just ex- excited to see the ball move down the field through the air. And yeah. when, I mean, my God, we're entering day 72, 37. I mean, we can only talk about this stuff so much until we actually see him play. I think there's just an excitement, but folks are going to remember when Chris Rodriguez gets the ball, that the ball does go through him and that big blue wall. So yes, the, the expectations, you know, it's, it's fun to hear Vince Merrow say that he's got some of the best arm strength he's seen. And to be frank, he probably might have the best arm since, you know, Woodson or Renzen was there, but you know, it, it does have to be consistent. We have to wait and see. And we, I think folks will remember when Rodriguez gets the ball that this is a running team. He's going to throw Levis is going to get 25, maybe 30 attempts a game at most. Uh, but this is a running football team. It's just going to be nice to see somebody with a little bit of arm talent back there whipping it around under center. Andy, what's what, what is the realistic expectation from Will Levis? What, what can we expect to see not only on Saturday, but throughout the season? Well, I think it's uh, the biggest thing from what I, I was, I had the privilege of seeing a uh, scrimmage uh, last week. We were down doing a cleanup at the K house. And um, the one thing that I noticed really more than anything is yes, he's got a strong arm, but those passes that probably have frustrated the big blue nation over the years, that mm-hmm. you know, the flat route that drops at their feet, that goes over their head, that's thrown behind them. I didn't see much of that. I, I, the automatic stuff was automatic. And I think to be a great quarterback, you have to be able to do the automatic stuff. And that's what I saw. Yes, he's got a huge arm. He's got a beautiful release. He looks the part. But the biggest thing I saw was not only the play calling, but the automatic stuff is just – it's there. They're going to have to make us drop it. They're going to have to defend it the defenses are going to be pulling their hair out a little bit because he's going to connect on the stuff that we have not connected on and expectations. I mean, you can't compare young kids to pros. Uh, there's too much land between them right now. You know, I mean, this kid's going to win some football games and he's going to have some good games. He's going to have a bad game too. I mean, he's a yeah. kid. He's, he's 21 or two, but um, he's got arm talent. There's no doubt about it. <clears throat> Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, Will Levis has played in eight games, you know, had a start in 2020 
33 of 55, 421, one touchdown. Uh, you know, against Nebraska, 14 to 31 for 219 yards. Iowa, 13 to 16 for 106. So, yeah, there, there is some some expectation of the carryover from from Penn State. Uh, but but realistically, uh, you know, this is uh, this is his football team. And this is the first time that he's had the expectation of of carrying a football team on his shoulders, being the starter from game one. Uh, I, I think realistically, what we can what we can expect is is a quarterback like Andy said that's going to control the controllables and manage the manageables. That's what I've always said about the quarterback position. Uh, if if a sure completion is there, make the completion. Throw a catchable football. Yes, the arm strength is there. It is elite, and we'll talk about that in a minute. The strongest arm quarterbacks we've seen at Kentucky, um, but with Will Levis, I think what the fans are excited, what I'm excited about is he gives Kentucky a chance. I mean, there is a, there is a likelihood, a probability that Kentucky can complete the forward pass on a consistent level this year. And that's something that we can't say. And we got to go back a long way for that to be, uh, to be a consistent factor game in game out. So I agree comparing him to anybody is 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 unfair at this point. Let, I, I let's let, good, let Will get, Levis be left, be Will Levis. You know what I mean? Absolutely, Andy? absolutely. And I and the one guy that I would compare him to, really, in, in recent memory, and God loving him, was Jared Lorenzen, because you you all remember how Jaron could just sling it, and yeah. he could throw it from one hash to the other, to beyond the other hash, twenty yards beyond the other hash. I mean, that's what this kid looks like to me. He. He, he has great pocket presence, um, doesn't get too rattled. Um, you know, that line gave him plenty of time. The other thing I, I, I think what he's going to get to is um, the, the play calling is going to be at his advantage. It, yeah. You know, I think all, all we've heard in the last couple of years and, you know, with our quarterback woes is there's no space out there to throw it in, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, well, you, you think there's any space in the NFL? And yeah. That's the one thing that Liam Cohen is going to give this kid is he's going to give him holes to throw it in, and he's going to complete those balls. He's going to he's going to complete those balls, and that's what I'm excited about because I, I think we were like pulling teeth trying to throw the ball in the pass, and we were you know we'd work on three things all week, and if they weren't there, we were screwed. And yeah, Cohen, I mean, he's been calling plays or watching somebody call plays in the NFL, and I mean. You'll never hear him talk about space, I don't think. And that's that's exciting to me. Yeah. Nick Roush. Uh, there was some – I forget. It was actually what Will said the other day, you know, because ULM's kept everything close to the vest. Uh, Terry Bound hasn't issued out anything. And Will was like, you know what? It, I, we're prepared for everything. You know, if, if Coach Cohen sees an alignment that we aren't used to, well, he knows what play to call. We can rely on him. We have the whole playbook at our disposal. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's going to be a Scott Frost situation where, well, they lined up how we thought, and that took away half our game plan. You, you ain't going to hear that after when when Kentucky's playing football this Saturday. Yeah. I, I, I want to speak generally first. I think if, if Mark Stoops trotted out Will Levis or if Mark Stoops trotted out Bo Allen, I think both quarterbacks would would look really, really good on Saturday due yeah. to what Andy was talking about with scheme system, personnel groupings, motions, formations. 
Kentucky, more specifically, Lee and Cohen is going to scheme pass catchers open. There's going to be more sure completions you're going to see in the first quarter than we've seen in three years because of the Cohen offense where now you have Wondell Robinson. And, and folks, I don't, I don't think we've talked enough about Josh Ali. Josh Ali was really, really good in a receiver un, with an unfriendly receiver offense in the past couple of years. You get that balance. You get some tight ends over the middle and can throw to the running backs. There's going to be space. Space is created as much from the offensive coordinator as it is from personnel on the field. I think Andy was dead on. Liam Cohen will create space, and you're going to see whoever's under center for Kentucky play well. Now, with Will Levis, in my opinion, I think a lot of the expectations come from is, is his personality. Right. I mean, he has a he's huge on the Today Show for crying out yeah. loud, you know, <laughs> and, I, and me personally, I think that's great. You know, a quarterback needs to have some swagger. A, a, a quarterback needs his when he when a quarterback goes into the huddle, the other 10 players need to look in his eyes. And no matter how what the situation thinks, Andy Murray, that this crazy SOB is going to get it done somehow. Right. Well, and, you know, that's the thing about, um, that's the personality that I see in this kid. If he makes a mistake, I want to see the next play because I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to close down and, yeah. and, and panic. And I mean, he's, he's a, he's got a gunslinger attitude <clears throat> and the kids a workaholic too. It sounds like he's, yeah. he's a hardworking kid and all that stuff plays out in your performance. But you know, the other thing I was going to say about our offense too, is I think you'll see every week's going to look different because you know, the NFL is all about matchups because everybody's the same, you know, so they, they find the weaknesses and they find the, the tendencies on defenses and they attack them. And that's how people win in the NFL. And that's what you're going to see. I think that's what you're going to see. That's going to be very, very different than what we're used to because we have a, a an offense that you can kind of go in many different directions. Um, and from week to week, you can, you can challenge different parts of it like the yeah. NFL does, and that's what's going to be pretty cool. I, I don't think you're going to – I think you'll see something totally different against Florida that you saw against Missouri that you see against Georgia. I mean, we're going to we're going to play to what they give us and, you know, try to expose it. And, I, and we haven't – I don't think we've had the, the talent in that position to kind of run an offense like that in the past. Well, I mean, when you get in a huddle, and both of you all can speak to this, when somebody is that confident and, and with confidence brings – you know, you get hot, man. I mean, you feel it, right? Andy, I, I mean, when you, you know, Andy Murray's like the last fullback that will ever rush for over 100 yards in a football game, Nick Roush. When we were in the huddle that night, everybody could just feel it off Andy. You know, he, he wanted the daggone football, and he was going to take it from me one way or the other, whether I was wanting to give it to him or not. He was going to snatch the football and, and, and get, get 100 yards as a fullback, which is remarkable. So I think you're going to feel that in the huddle with Will Levis, that confidence that, that, hey, I want the football in my hands. And I think his personality is really driving this expectation. But I'm looking forward to, you know, forget the, the, the banana, forget the TikToks or whatever it's called, forget everything. I want to see some football played on the field. And I'm ready to see what Will Levis can do on the football field in a game environment. Now, granted, it's going to be against an opponent that Kentucky should beat the brakes off of. 
But still, I think after Saturday, uh, we should have that excitement leading up to that all-important game, week two matchup against Missouri. So uh, I, I am buying Will Levis, and I'm excited to see him be the best quarterback that he can be. And uh, But the comparisons are just a little bit out of control right now. But realistically, gentlemen, Nick, I know your UK history doesn't go as far back as, as Andy's and Me mine does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But but the strongest arm that 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 we've seen at Kentucky is now. I'll start with you, Nick, because I know yeah, where you're going. It's, here. it's Jared. Yeah, yeah. It's Jared yeah. Lorenzen, strongest arm. And and here's the thing too that I think everybody can throw a football far if you're a quarterback in college, right? Like yeah. you know. Uh, Freddie, I know you you were quick to poo-poo on it whenever he had the video of him hitting the crossbar at 50 yards because, like, almost everyone can do that. I think what yeah. Levis and, – and, and it's what Jared did, too, that was so well, and it's what made everybody fall in love with him, is how quickly he could unleash that arm strength. Yeah. There, there was one throw that Levis had. I forget what practice or what scrimmage it was where – it, it got up on somebody real like they, they just the receiver was running a quick little slant and it it just got out of his hands in an instant and was on the receiver before they could even turn their head. That's the kind yeah. of arm strength that Jared had where he's falling down, running around all of a sudden. And then it's just I mean, it a flick of the wrist and it's 40 yards downfield. Yeah. That's what I see in Levis is it, it's 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 strong, but it's also. I think more so it gets out of his hand quickly and gets on the receiver really fast. Yeah. Andy, strongest arm you've seen at Kentucky? By far and away, it's been Jared. But, yeah. again, you know, that's where I drew the comparison earlier. It's just because, you know, the, the decision and, – and I think this is a lot of coaching too, that he knows he's got a check down that's going to have nobody within five yards of him. You know? Yeah. So he's getting that ball to that guy – and it's getting there. <clears throat> I don't know how you time a fastball or an out route or something like that, but it's, it, it's just precise and it's fluid. <clears throat> and again, that's the part of it that I think he's going to, he's going to gain a lot of confidence there. And then when they try to go over the top on somebody, you know, he's got that just flick of the wrist and it's, it's over the top of somebody. I mean, it's yeah. his release is really pretty. It's just, he looks like a, a big time quarterback just with that release and, and his size. What was kind of cool with the scrimmage was everybody's talked about how big he is, but he doesn't look big with our offensive line. I mean, our offensive <laughs> line, our offensive line builds a pocket, dude. It's hash to hash. I mean, it is yeah. massive. I mean, our pocket is impressive. And the kids got time. I, I think it's gonna be fun. I like I said, I just hope he, you know, we don't have something crazy. He doesn't, you know, get hurt. But Again, we I don't think we've been in this position too at quarterback to where Bo's no slouch. I mean, Bo yeah. Bo looks fine, and um, we've got a little depth behind those guys with some young guys. But I think either one of them is going to shine. Yeah, just I do too. Strictly, just stri strictly on scheme. I mean, yep. the scheme is the scheme. It's it's like Mummy's offense. There was always somebody open. It might not have been who they wanted to go to early, but they were going to complete a pass somewhere in that scheme, and that's how this yeah. offense looks. You know. Well, I mean, history always has a tendency to repeat itself. I mean, you can go all back, all the way back to the Delaware wing tee, to the wishbone, to the air raid. Now, the NFL 
zone read Shanahan system and, and, and the guy from the Rams system is the new air raid. That's, that's what, look at Alabama. That's what they do. Look at everybody else is now copying that. So history repeats itself and the game is copied from the NFL down. Uh, so I agree. I think, who I think Bo Allen will look great in this offense as well, and I think he's a very capable backup. As far as strongest arm, yes, Jared Lorenzo. I mean, you know, I miss my I miss my friend Jared. Man, he had a he had an arm that that I'd never seen before. But there's 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 another quarterback. Andy will know who I'm talking about that had uh, maybe the second strongest arm that I've ever seen at Kentucky, and that's Glenn Ford, uh, a junior college transfer from New Jersey. Nick uh, started uh, <clears throat> after Ransdale, it was Kevin Dooley, and then Glenn Four after that. And Glenn had an arm that was, I mean, it wasn't calibrated. You never know where it was going. But, man, he had a, he had a rifle. Did he not, Andy? He did, man. Funny story on Glenn. I mean, he was a character. But um, I remember when he first got to campus, we just reported for winter workouts. And there was a snowstorm, and football team always got invited to snowball fights. Now, I don't know if you remember this night, Freddie, but we went down to Hagen Hall. Somebody, I don't know, something happened. We end up in Hagen Hall, and he plucked some kid off the top row with a <laughs> snowball from across the courtyard. Oh, man. <laughs> we were, we're like, who is this guy? And they're like, that's a quarterback. He's like, oh, my God. He threw, he threw a snowball, so I don't know. I mean, he threw some good footballs, but I do. That's the best snowball I've ever seen in my life. That's a heck yeah. of a throw, too. Yeah, oh, he, that, I mean, guy. this guy was up there mouthing. It was like, bam. I mean, right in the face. It was, a, it was beautiful. Wow. <laughs> you know, Glenn Ford is one of those personalities that I wish next generation could have gotten to know. Uh, just a just a fantastic guy. And Nick, he had – you talking about an arm, man. I mean, he could throw it 100 miles an hour, and he could throw it 80 yards. Was he and, around when they were doing the what, – we're going to switch quarterbacks on third down? No, no. Okay, okay. That, no, that was no. different. That was uh, – Yeah. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn used football to – strategy. Uh, yeah, on Thursdays, he'd come to – we all lived in the dorm then, Nick. I mean, and I don't know, Kerwin won. I, I can't remember the name of those three-level dorms there that are no more. And Glenn would come to my room every Thursday and buy pizza for us. And, and it was always weird because it was just uh, uh, marinara sauce. The only thing he wanted on it was tomato sauce and pizza. So just a, just a great guy. But, man, you talk about arm strength. I mean, he had it all. And, and, and a personality. Yeah. He's doing real well now. He's, he's an executive with Bush Hog now, Andy. Uh, oh, I know. Doing, I, I yeah. Yeah. yeah, doing real well. Yeah, he sends me texts all the time. So, uh, yeah, that, that's a name from the past that folks don't remember. Had a had an absolute arm from from Hades there, man. He he could sling it. Yeah. UK ULM predictions. Before we get into our predictions, I'm gonna give you some facts, gentlemen. Okay. ULM was was zero and ten last year. That's not not good. good. Not good. Coach is gone. Head coach was gone. Bring in Terry Bowden. Terry Bowden's won 175 football games. That's a lot of games. I'm not so sure I would have known that he had he had won that many games if I hadn't researched. I mean, if you think of Terry Bowden, do you think of 175 wins? Well, Auburn, he was there, what, six, seven years? He was 47-17-1 at Auburn. 
that's pretty good to get fired. It's really good yeah. to get fired, but that's Auburn for you. You know, we're yeah. just going to, we're going to fire somebody that's been good to us. But uh, yeah, I, I, I guess the part that surprises me is because I know he was, oh, some of those wins stacked up at like Akron, but I wouldn't, yeah, I mean, that is, a, that is a lot of wins, you know? Yeah. Head coach at Salem, North Alabama, uh, Auburn uh, and Akron and now ULM. Andy, he, uh, he brings Rich Rodriguez, that West Virginia connection, uh, with him as offensive coordinator. Rich Rodriguez has over 160 wins as a head coach. Defensive coordinator, you got all that experience, all that head coaching experience, that offensive coordinator, head coach. Andy, Zach Alley, the defensive coordinator, is 27 years old. Two years removed from being a GA at Clemson is now the defensive coordinator at ULM. I mean, so he's like Jack's age, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, uh, man, that's crazy. 27 year old defensive coordinator in division one. That's wild. Which quickly, quick aside. Remember the, the bond side, Freddie, you love that movie. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Well, the kid in it, not like the actual actor, but the kid portrayed in it, uh, SJ, he's uh, UCS director of ops. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that today. I was like, this name's familiar it's like oh wow yeah small world crazy how that all works well that that might that might change a few of my predictions on the outcome of the offensive (laughs) performance but but i'm gonna tell you right now you know rodriguez and terry bowden know where to get dudes and they're gonna have some dudes and yeah they probably cleaned kansas out and they probably cleaned out any kid that's been thrown off any football team in the last five years they're gonna have some dudes they're just you know, I, I think we're going to be too much to handle. But I think I think early in that game, they're probably going to give us a couple problems. We're going to get a couple of boo birds. Just, you know, we're going to have a bad series here and there. They might score early. But, you know, all in all, we got a really good football team. And But those guys will have some players. I mean, Rodriguez wouldn't have gone there yeah. if he didn't think they could make a move pretty quickly. And those yeah. guys will be out of there in two years on to, you know, the – the next Baylor job or one of those jobs that opens up in one of those yeah. uh, other big you, conferences. You talk about dudes, Andy, 50 new players since Bowden become head coach, 50. To well, you got to bet, you got to bet that 40 of them can play. I mean, yeah. And they, they, they might have some baggage, some of them, but they're, they're going to have some guys that can, they'll have some guys that will go to the NFL, you know, that, I mean, those guys know what it looks like. And it's kind of like Stoops and Morrow. How about us making the rosters very kid draft? Yeah, no, that's, 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 Man, that's that doesn't huge. make BBN excited. Yeah. These guys know what it looks like and they know the kids yeah. that want to get there. And that's, yeah. but that, that's where Rodriguez and Bowden, I think are going to have some success in the first couple of years that were there because they know what those kids look like and they'll be able to go get them with their name and, give them a second opportunity or whatever some of them need. They're not going to go get top shelf kids right out of high school, but they're going to, they're going to have some transfers and uh, they'll have some success. The guys are no dummies. Good point. Because, you know, you, you look at what ULM did last year. I think we can throw that out because this is a totally different team. Now uh, I will say this, the Warhawks averaged 16 points a game last year, gave up 42. Yeah. Does have seven defensive starters coming back. But from a defense that gave up 42 points a game, they're, they're probably going to get replaced. Uh, returns four out of five offensive linemen starters as of now. But I did read where Oklahoma had a transfer 
uh, a four, former four-star that transferred to ULM. So that's that. So you're, you're going to be improved on offense. They got beat in those, team, those 10 games last year by an average margin of 25.7 points a game. That's bad. That's the worst team in college football. Uh, 50 new players we talked about. Terry Bowden is, 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 is having a little gamesmanship. He's not announced a depth chart. There's no roster available, nothing. So I think that will give some advantage for the first couple series of the game. You're going to be, it's going to be a surprise. You're not going to know this guy. What you're going to know is you're going to go back, you're going to study Arizona for Rich Rod's offense. You're going to study Ole Miss from 2019. You're going to study Michigan, West Virginia, whatever. And that offense is going to be heavy on the option, heavy on the run game, and some, and some quarterback runs. ULM's starting quarterback is Rhett Rodriguez, Rich's son. So he's a primarily a running quarterback. So you kind of know what you're going to get there. Defensively, you have to study. I think Kentucky was watching Clemson, what Clemson did, because you have to think that four years on Venables as a, as a GA for Zach Alley, the defensive coordinator, is going to influence how he calls a football game. But he's, this is his first game out as a defensive coordinator, 27 years old, and he's going up against Chris Rodriguez Jr., arguably the best offensive line in the SEC on the road in Lexington. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that could be a challenge, Andy. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a heavy dose of Chris Rodriguez early. For just that guy, the kid's got to have to be overwhelmed. But, you know, he's, he's been in some big games if he was at Clemson, but I can't imagine calling your first college game at 27 against an experienced <laughs> NFL coordinator <laughs> or uh, somebody that's been around the NFL for the last few years. Yeah. So I'd, yeah. I'd give the matchup to, uh, Liam Cohen, I think, but yeah, and, and Chris Rodriguez too can be so demoralizing. So you go out there, Freddie, you jump on them early, you take the wind out of their sails, you get them the ULM players saying, Oh, here we go again, and run them off the field with a nice 52 to 10 win for the Cats. Andy, what's your prediction? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of right there. I, I think they, like I said, I think they're going to give them some stuff early, but the end of the day, I think we're a pretty good football team. I, I'm, I'm thinking high 40s, maybe two touchdowns for them. Uh, tops 17. I mean, they're not so, gonna, they're not going to get anything on that defense. So Our Kentucky defense covers. No. Kentucky covers with 29 and a half points. Um, I don't like to bet the cats, so I'm not. Gonna <laughs> <say>. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, Liam Cohen's a one of those guys you got to think that, you know, he's got all the gambler's interest at heart. I mean, he's an NFL guy, so <laughs> he'll probably cover. <laughs> all right, the Kroger KSR game of the week. We go to Louisville, Andy. Uh-oh. Louisville, Louisville Mail at St. Xavier. I know you're a Trinity guy. Uh, Mail has – you're talking about having some dudes. Mail has some dudes. Uh, looks, like, looks like to be the best team in the state this year. I know they got to beat the Shamrocks eventually, but Mel and St. X, what do you think about that game? You know, I got a lot of St. X buddies, uh, but I, you know, the, the coach at Mayo's is solid. I mean, the guy's a really, really good football coach, and if he's got some talent, that's pretty scary. So I might give the edge to Mayo. 
Nick, I know you're going to be there Friday. Mm-hmm. What's your I'm, take on the game? I, I think St. X is – this is going to be one of their better teams, even though they've – the injury bug really does throw a wrench into what could be a special season for them. I think that – my prediction for St. X, they're going to lose this game. They're going to beat your rocks, Andy, but then lose in the playoffs to Trinity. So we call that the St. X special. Win the one that doesn't matter <laughs> and then fall in the playoffs. I haven't heard much. I honestly haven't heard much about Trinity uh, other than I think they got handled by Springfield, Mo Douglas's team. From what I understand, they they had a rough outing up there. But um, you know that they'll figure it out. There's a lot of pride and tradition, so um, I think they're replacing a lot. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it takes a while. I haven't kept up with it as much as I should, but. Uh, Hey, you're busy watching. I'm Will just Levis glad everybody's around. playing football and, and, and has crowds. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be good to be back at the Croak. Everybody yeah, wants to win, but it's just exciting to be able to go to some football games. And you're going to a game in Danville on Saturday, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We open up with Hanover. Uh, Big Sam's going into his senior year, so we're pretty excited. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, center. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, gentlemen, built built in the bluegrass. Let me start over. Built in the bluegrass, <laughs> built by Sword Performance. Uh, we want to thank them for for partnering us with this podcast, gentlemen. It's been fun. It's been fast. Thanks a bunch, Andy. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for jumping on with us, man. Anytime, anytime. Just give me a heads up. I'd love to do it again. All right, sounds good, Nick. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Freddie, and uh, thanks to all of y'all for listening to the Depth Chart Podcast.